0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us today. We have a special show for you today. I just got back from ICSC Recon 15 in Las Vegas. This is the retail real estate event of the year. When I was there, I interviewed CEOs from Tobin, Regency, and Kimco. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here with the Commercial Real Estate Show We're Recon 15 in Las Vegas. We have Bobby Tobman here with us at the Tobman Company. And Bobby, thanks for joining us today.
1: Delighted to be here, Michael, and welcome to our booth.
0: Oh, we appreciate it. Nice booth here. You know, it seems like there's not been a lot of development in retail,
1: but you guys are developing all over the world, all
0: over the U.S. Tell us about some of your new developments.
1: Well, that's right. We're known as the developer of regional malls and we have the highest and best properties about half of our properties a little more actually are in the top fifty of all those properties in the united states so we're known for our class a properties and we're also known as i said to be the developer so we opened a big project in sarasota florida in october we just opened a big project in san juan with nordstrom's and Saks. the the one in sarasota's was Saks, dillard's and macy's we're under construction in hawaii with international marketplace right in on Kalakala Boulevard, right in the heart of Honolulu, literally at the 50-yard line. We have Saks as our anchor. It's going to be a wonderful project. And we also have three projects under construction right now in Asia, two in China, one in Xi'an and Zhenzhou, and then another one outside of uh, Seoul in Hanam. Big project, 1,700,000 square feet with Shinsegi as our partner. The two in China are with Wafujing. So we're going to deliver about 4, and a half, four million feet uh, in the next uh, 15 18 months uh uh in, you know into our company and we've just delivered those two big projects Sarasota and San Juan so we really do have a lot going on on the development front
0: and that's great to hear and and these tenants that you're talking to so you're you're in touch with a lot of tenants obviously in all your centers and these new centers are there some trends you're seeing with tenants who are uh, going into new locations today
1: well, the big international brands, whether fast fashion, whether luxury, whether somewhere in between, are expanding. You know, wherever they can. So you see companies like Zara, like Uniqlo, like Fast. I mean, like uh, Forever 21 or H and M. You see all of them expanding all over the world. And whether they're building in China, whether they're building in San Juan, or whether they're building uh, in Sarasota, they're looking for great locations. The same thing is true of a Louis Vuitton who just opened with us in San Juan. Uh, they're, they're working with us elsewhere. So you, you have uh, these brands that have built their reputations that are just amazing, uh, well-known brands that really bring something to a project. So what customers are looking for are those unique brands. In San Juan, as an example, 60% of our tenant base is completely unique to the whole island. So there's over three and a half million people in Puerto Rico and then really all of Latin America that you know, we have the unique brand that isn't gonna be found anywhere else uh, for that group of people, and the tourists that populate there. In Sarasota, over 50% of our brands were unique to that market. So it is a, very common for us to try to find that unique destination, and it's part of what brings more shoppers to our centers and makes us really these great Class A properties.
0: That's great. And I think some people are under the impression that retail is not selling well, at least in the brick and mortar stores. But you guys are seeing something different on the the sales per square feet in your centers, right?
1: Well, our centers average over $800 a foot. It's about $200 a square foot higher than anybody else uh, in our sector. But we've really embraced technology as part of uh, what we do in every way. And when, when you think about brick and mortar, it's really the heart of an omni-channel retailer. It, it's about the brand, it's about the inventory, it's about being a warehouse system. You think about Macy's with 800 stores are all over the United States. Think how easy it is for them to do really a just-in-time delivery to wherever they want to be with a customer. They can be a, a service center for pickup, for delivery, for online orders. So you, you've got so many advantages if you have a brick and mortar store. So what you're seeing is all these online-only players, retail players, actually move to begin to open up stores. Even Amazon has begun that process of trying to find how they can have a brick-and-mortar presence.
0: In these new developments, Bobby, what might surprise people as far as technology that they might experience when they go to these new centers?
1: Well, we have all kinds of wayfinding. We're creating all kinds of parking apps. Uh, We're, you know, by permission marketing on individual stores. So when you're walking by the Gap, if they happen to have just gotten in the size 6 or size 8 in the shape and fit that you want, they'll be able to tell you that, that it's there. What we're seeing is that people are doing tremendous editing on their mobile devices before they actually come to the shopping center. Often it's as much as 70% of shopping today is now being looked at first before they actually go to the mall. So rather than shop a whole variety of stores and take their time to look and edit as it were physically, what they're doing is editing online. And then they're very directly going to less stores, but actually buying more, the conversion rates are much higher, and tenants are doing better. So that as we see our sales productivity move up, uh, traffic is, is good, and and what we're seeing is stay times are actually increasing. So all of these things are they're all helping each other. Technology is actually, you know, helping our business grow.
0: And I guess the larger tenants uh, are good at that. But are you guys also helping some of the smaller shop tenants with technology in these new developments? Uh, are you having to pull them along a little bit, or do all the tenants kind of come with their technology in hand?
1: Well, I think the smaller tenants are having to learn at perhaps a little different pace because they don't have the ability that the larger tenants do to be able to really put resources on that, both people and and financial resources. So we are helping them wherever we can. Uh, But ultimately, our view is that to be a successful retailer, as you look down the road, you're going to have to be omnichannel. You're going to have to be very proficient at all of the ways of technology. Remember, technology isn't just... Uh, uh, touching the customer, I mean, it's critically important how you touch the customer. But it's how it's how the, the 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 inventory systems work. It's all the back of the house stuff as well. It's how the logistics chain works, and so there's there's so many uh, opportunities for retailer to become more efficient, become more productive, and more profitable using technology. So if they're going to compete in the world with the larger brands, they have to you have a unique positioning, and they also ultimately have to understand and embrace technology.
0: And technology is, is a leading factor today and, and the omnichannel is important. And in your new developments, you're incorporating that. You talked about some of the new developments that you have. Are you gonna keep up that pace? I mean, these size developments that you do take a long time to get started. Are you guys gonna continue this pace? It seems like there's not enough new construction. You know, when you look at historically, you know, new supply levels are really low. Seems like the economy's coming back with omnichannel. It seems like there's going to be more demand. you guys going to keep up uh, this pace? Are there any new developments you can tell us about uh, today?
1: Well we are working on a project in Miami that we hope to start construction this year with Bloomingdale's and Macy's as our announced anchors uh, and our partners the Forbes company who also are partners in two other very successful projects. But when you look at expansion of supply of regional mall space it's roughly a half a percent a year and most of that is expansions of existing very successful assets there are very few new projects being built generally it's about one a year in the whole united states so there's a sense that demand and supply are very much in balance what you're seeing is you know voids or gaps in markets when we open in sarasota there really wasn't a great project anywhere in the market there hadn't been anything open in a new project in 25 30 years and there was a need. There was an absolute demand for that kind of a modern shopping center that really offered the customer wide choice, comparative shopping opportunity in one destination. Same thing is true as in, in San Juan. There, there was no Nordstroms. There was no Saks. Not just in Puerto Rico, but anywhere in the Caribbean or Latin America. So this was an opportunity to bring to a customer base that needed. A, a, an upscaled environment, those two stores. Well, we also brought a whole bunch of luxury stores like Louis Vuitton, like Gucci, like Versace, like uh, Giuseppe Zanotti, I mean, I could go on and on. So that we also brought a luxury element to the island and that tourism opportunity that never existed. So when, when we're building something, we're looking for that needle in the haystack. In Hawaii, it's exactly the same thing. Now in a market like Asia, there's just general demand. There's a need for more supply. And what we're doing is really capturing that opportunity. And if you look back 50 years in the United States, really China is on steroids, growing in the same way that 50 years ago, we began building this new distribution system at the time that was called the Regional Shopping Center. It was a new way of goods and services being delivered to the customer. Very efficient, very customer-friendly shopping experience.
0: The development of the future. Bobby, thanks for joining us. We're delighted to have you, Michael. Enjoy your ICSC. Thank you. Michael Bull at ICSC Recon 15 in Las Vegas for the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay tuned. Next, we'll speak with Mac Chandler with Regency about their view on retail and retail real estate. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We'll be here right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Hello, Michael Bull here, Recon 15, the ICSC Retail Event of the Year in Las Vegas. I'm here with Mac Chandler. He is with Regency Centers. Mac, thanks for joining
2: us today. happy to be here. Another great year here at Recon. Yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate uh, you being with us on the show today. And last time I talked to you, we were talking about the Fresh Look Initiative. So how's that going?
2: It's really doing great. It's really taking off. We're in really about the second, maybe third year of it. And it's uh, it's working great. All three legs. First leg being the uh, merchandising side of it. And really, there's a big push to really hyper-local tenants, tenants that really understand the consumer, really understand the, how to create great service, a great product, and a great experience. And then the placemaking side of it's doing great. We're, we're redeveloping several centers throughout the whole country, and the connecting piece is doing great.
0: All right, so you're connecting more with the community. And is that more of, of, uh, is that more of a trend that you're seeing for successful projects today?
2: Yeah, you really are. You're, you're really seeing that. And it's, it's either a promotional events, it's... Uh, You know, could be online events, could be social, but really helping tenants talk to each other so that they collectively can talk to the community. And a larger voice is better than a bunch of individual voices. So uh, something you're seeing a lot.
0: What about new projects? It looks like you guys are are pretty active considering the kind of the the low level of new construction and retail these days. Where where are you active and what type of retail are you building?
2: Well, most of it's... uh, neighborhood centers and uh, community centers. So we are active. We're, we're probably certainly more active than, than the typical traditional private developer and probably either the number one or number two REIT developer. So um, we're having great success with it. Coastal markets, really typically the uh, more affluent, more infill markets, uh, but all the major markets that we're in. We've got 19 offices across the country and we're, we're pursuing projects in almost every office. Um uh, with the Grocery Anchor. Okay. And are
0: these new projects also designed to, to fit into the community and, and customized?
2: Yeah, very, very much so, and, and not just the architecture and the placemaking, but we're also working closely with our retailers to make sure that they spend the extra time to get to know their tenant. So, even within the four walls of a retailer, they're tailoring their stores differently. Whole Foods does a great job of that. No two Whole Foods are alike, and we help them do a lot of community research to make sure it fits, fits the needs.
0: That's great. And how are the retailers reacting? I know in some of the markets and some of your centers, I mean, the rents have, have gone up considerably over the last several years. So some of these tenants are renewing and having much higher rates. How, how are they dealing with that?
2: Well, you know, they're dealing with it by, by pushing their sales. So their sales are up, and they're also using technology to hone their businesses. Their businesses are more efficient. Um, so technology is, is their friend. It's, it's not necessarily scaring them. So that's helping, uh, but our renewal average is it's very high. It's it's in some markets, uh, it's 80%. So tenants are stepping up to higher rents, and it's because they can afford it with the better sales and better margins. Yeah,
0: that's good news. And speaking of technology, what are your latest initiatives coming down the
2: pike? Well, you know we're looking at some pretty interesting things. Uh, one of them that's pretty interesting is is uh, using beacon technology. And so by this I mean the beacons were which are basically you know they look they're white pods that look like the size of a hockey puck. And you'll put them throughout a shopping center. And for customers who have signed up with a retailer's app, you know, app that goes on their phone, it'll let them know when they're on the property. Um, this shares information with the retailer, shares information with us, and helps us to get to know our tenants that much more. And I think um, it's going to take years to see it actually play out, but there's tremendous growth, and tremendous potential, and we think we can help ourselves to better tailor our product. You know have a better merchandising mix as a result of all this data.
0: Well, what else is impacting the market right now? I mean, you guys are major players around the country. you got to be seeing uh, the investment market go crazy. Uh, (laughs) What else uh, do you see going on?
2: You're seeing multifamily, you know, play a bigger role in in projects. Uh, You know, the multifamily developers are paying a lot for land. And, you know, we actually bought on just actually started this week. We brought on a senior vice president of, mixed use for us. And so this gentleman is an expert in mixed use. He's done it all over the country and he's going to help us better work on our projects. So there may be cases where we redevelop a center and it may make sense to make a non-retail use a part of the mix. Or as we pursue new land, we might bring in a non-retail use. So that could be apartments, it could be hospitality, it could be office, uh, it could be a lot of different things. So helping us really to better uh, tailor our projects. That's a big part of it.
0: And are mixed-use developments new for you guys? Uh, I mean, I know you've done some, but uh,
2: is this kind of an, a new endeavor? You know, it's uh, we've been doing it for a long time. You're, you're right about that. So we've got, you know, oh, at least a dozen successful mixed-use projects we've done over the years. Some of it's horizontal u- mixed-use, some of it vertical. Uh, we typically bring in a partner to do the non-retail use, a best-in-class partner. So it um, really doesn't change our focus, which is still, you know, infill markets, hybrid to entry markets, best-in-class grocers, best-in-class retailers. So um, it's a complementary aspect of really our, our same focus.
0: Okay, and you're here meeting with all the tenants around the country today. Who's active? Who? What uh, What are their trends here with tenant growth and expansion?
2: Boy, it's amazing. Uh, just about every tenant's growing. Um, it, it's from restaurants to software to grocers. It's, it's tremendous growth. Uh, you're also seeing a lot of tenants um, really say that the mall business is, is tough on them. And so they're, some of them are gravitating to our side of the business. So they're saying, um, you know, neighbor community centers allow higher transactions, better convenience for their customers, you know, a more approachable entry point. And uh, so we're picking up really traditional mall tenants for coming to our space, and that's exciting. Okay, and your performance has been been good. Your stock's been doing
0: well. Your performance has been good. Tell us about that.
2: Well, we, we had a great first quarter, and, and last year, uh, our stock really performed well. The, uh, the investment community really rewarded us for a lot of the discipline that we've had. And, uh, you know, I think there's a growth story. You know, we, our same property, NOI growth, uh, we've had three years in a row where it's averaged over uh, 4% a year. So this year, uh, maybe we get four, 4% for the fourth year in a row. Uh, we're certainly striving for it, um, but it's exciting times.
0: You know, some people say that retail is kind of the trailing sector, that what do you think, and, and if it is the trailing sector, does that mean there's more opportunity along with some risk
2: or? You know, I don't know if I'd agree that's the trailing sector. I mean, it's not as uh, white hat as the apartment business. That's, that's the other one that's measured against. Uh, you know, we follow rooftops, but um, as households expand, that's good for retail, and, and there's certainly been household expansion. Um, you know, our fundamentals are really good. You know, you look at our accounts receivables, it's very, very low. Just about everybody's paying their rent. Uh, that's a good sign. Uh, so, we, we like where things sit, and uh, you know, we're going to keep building upon our past success.
0: That reminds me of a tenant that tells me when they, they can't pay, well, I've always paid you before. I know, but that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you get to stay, right, when you pay.
2: That's, that, that's a big part of it, yeah. yes.
0: What about uh, these low cap rates? You know, what do you think about some of these low cap rates, and, and,
2: and how's that impacting your business here? well you know it, it is harder to to buy properties at these mm-hmm. low cap rates but you know we do sell properties from time to time and we benefit from that same low cap rate so it sort of works on both sides of the equation um you know i think the low cap rates are you know in part because people believe in the fundamentals of our business and so mm-hmm. investors are willing to pay more because they believe in the story that's there so you know that being the case um that's a nice compliment to our to our sector and it says a lot of people believe in it so yeah. It does make it difficult, but um, it's also just as much of a benefit as anything.
0: Okay. If you're going to leave this interview with a tip for, uh, say, a tenant or an investor sure. uh, or a landlord, what would that tip be?
2: You know, I, I'd say uh, if I was a retailer, I'd want to make sure I was in a center with a really engaged landlord. It's We hear all the time from tenants, uh, you know, it's a compliment to us. but. There are a handful of landlords that are really engaged, that really get it, and they really are a partner with you and help you be successful. So, they're reinvesting in the architecture, they're making sure the other tenants are really complementary, and, and the connecting piece of it. So, it, it, long term, it's uh, it's a good partner to have. It's a really engaged landlord.
0: Mac, thanks for joining us today.
2: Have a great conference.
0: Stay with us. We'll have more from Recon 15 in Vegas. Next, we'll speak with Dave Henry with Kimco on their view of the retail market. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Hello, Michael Bull here with the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're in Las Vegas at ICSC Recon 15. We've caught up with Dave Henry with Kimco. Dave, great to see you. Nice to see you again, Michael. Appreciate uh, you being with us today. And uh, what a great conference. The retail market seems to be picking up a bit. People are interested in investing. You guys had great numbers for the first first quarter. What's going on in your market?
3: Well, basically the fundamentals are very strong in the shopping center business. And I think you see it right here at the convention. I think attendance will be just under 40,000 people all of your closest best friends will be wandering around these halls for the next uh, two and a half days. But basically, occupancies are up, uh, rents are up for us landlords, and I think it all goes back to the fact that there's very limited new supply for the past six years. You know, this is a country that used to build something like 2,000 shopping centers a year, and even though new development has ticked up to maybe 200 a year, that's still a tenth of what we used to do. And so that helps us on the landlord side doesn't help the retailers they're having to pay a, a, a little more rent and so forth but it certainly made the fundamentals of our business much stronger
0: and how is this impacting the tenants are some tenants having problems finding the, the right spaces to to be in what is the the sentiment of the tenants today
3: well most of the national retailers you'll see here today are still committed to very robust expansion plans what they're worried about is finding the stores to do that So you take the Marshalls of the world and the Ross stores of the world, the Bed Bath & Beyonds, they're they're committed to growing their, their store counts quite a bit. And as the inventory goes down, as our occupancy goes up, that's making it harder. So they either have to pay higher rents, for, for vacant stores or go to secondary markets or be locations and things like that. So it, it's giving them a, a, a little bit of trouble. So they'd like to see some more new development.
0: And how are your shop tenants uh, doing the, the smaller tenants in these developments uh, where the, I guess the anchors are doing fine. How about the little guys?
3: Well, that's probably the most encouraging thing of this past year. Finally, after five years of softness with the mom and pops and the small stores, we're seeing small shop occupancies increase finally it's 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 come back up so your local jewelry jewelry store finally is opening that second store your dry cleaners finally expanding those guys have been on 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 their backs for for the past five years since since the recession their financing has generally come from community banks home equity lines that's finally coming back so we're we're actually very encouraged about the small shop space because that's that's where there's good upside for most of us us landlords
0: and that's a great sign for the economy, isn't it? And how is the economy with consumer confidence? Uh, where, where do they, where do consumers fit into this thing?
3: Well, there's a lot of mixed readings for the past year and a half. Quite frankly, most retailers have reported mixed results. Uh, some blame it on the weather. Uh, some blame it on, on the seasonal factors. Uh, uh, but consumer spending is is not robust. Most retailers will tell you that their margins are are squeezed. Um, if you're in the fashion business, particularly, there's been no apparel price inflation for for, for many many years. So, uh, retailers are having a little bit of a, a tougher time, especially the retailers. I would say in the middle, um, the very high end uh, uh, is is doing just fine, and the very low end, the dollar stores, continue to be uh, to be profitable and continue to expand, but. The guys in the middle, the, the, the Sears, the Pennies, the, the Macy's, they're, they're still trying to find the right mix of products and the right things where they can get margin. Right,
0: we're talking with Dave Henry, Henry at Kimco, and creativity is one of your core principles, so what are you guys doing creative these days?
3: Well, I I think when you talk to most landlords here today, you'll you'll find the most accretive place and the most profitable place for us to invest capital is back in our own property. So it's all about redevelopment. It's about... creating a second phase buying the property across the street and incorporating it within your, uh, your your shopping center it's about upgrading your shopping center putting some more money into it making it more attractive it's about attracting more shoppers to your shopping center so your retailers do better so you can charge them more more, more rent price frankly and there's a the trend to to make sh- shopping centers more 24-hour centers if you will so we're talking uh, about putting in more theaters more restaurants more more health clubs because you want activity in your centers more than just nine to five so it's all about creating a better experience especially since most of our brick-and-mortar retail tenants are competing with online merchants so it's about getting people to want to get in their car and come to the shopping center and shop with your tenants
0: And how is online uh, sales impacting the brick-and-mortar today I think some people think it's bigger a bigger impact than it is, what do you guys see and what are your retailers telling you about that?
3: Well, it's interesting, this this whole concept of omni-channel is real. Most of the good retailers have found a way to blend their online shopping uh, marketing channel with their brick and mortar, so the brick and mortar stores become showrooms and fulfillment centers for, to help with the online uh, sales. And the most telling thing to us is retailer after retailer tells us if they close a store in a given market, they lose online sales in that market.
0: Omnichannel marketing, online sales, not hurting brick and mortar sales, is a big thing that we heard throughout the show. In fact, we heard that one retailer is actually giving out coupons in their stores for 20% off online. Well, stay with us. We'll have more from Dave Henry with Kimco right after a short break. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Well, Recon 15 was certainly a big hit that was more positive than I've seen it in many years, probably since 2007. Well, now we're going to hear more from Dave Henry, CEO of Kimco. How is technology impacting your centers and your tenants today?
3: In terms of technology, um, everybody's using their, their smartphone today to be better, better shoppers. And part of attracting uh, shoppers to our centers is providing for instance free Wi-Fi so in our bigger shopping centers we're we're, we're providing uh, free Wi-Fi and some of them we have electric car charging stations it's all about making it easier for the, uh, the, the shoppers to come to you and technology is, is part of that.
0: That's interesting I noticed here at ICSC they're using beacons uh, around the conference center to, so we can
3: have an app and uh, they can know we're walking by and, and, and sell us something right? <laughs> well it's it, it's amazing there is software that, that we use and other landlords use that basically count the number of cell phones that are turned on in your shopping center at a certain hour so you can it 's an easy way to track traffic in a shopping center it simply tells you. X thousands of smartphones are turned on, and you can you can graph that and see how that's that's going. So it's a it's a, it's a cheap way to t- to monitor traffic.
0: What are some of the initiatives you guys are doing at Kimco? I know you sold some assets that are outside uh, the U.S. Uh, what's next for Kimco?
3: Well, we know that it's it's a hot market and a great time to be a seller. That, that we know. Being, being a buyer is not so certain because prices, prices have recovered and then some in, in, in some markets. So we're trying to sell into this window of opportunity our second tier uh, assets and, and some of the markets we don't want to be in long term. So we've, we've sold literally billions of, of shopping centers over the last several years as we try to make our portfolio much better quality, much stronger growth long term, much higher rents long term so that that's definitely one of our initiatives
0: how about new development Uh, are you guys involved in new development and is it just strictly retail or are you getting into more mixed use as
3: well well for the first time in six years since the recession we are finally jumping back into the new development so we have a portfolio of about 750 shopping centers we're we're building four new ones in in various markets uh houston Fort Lauderdale, uh, Christiana, uh, uh, Delaware, and, and, and Philadelphia. We have new, new projects going in, in all those markets, and the numbers are beginning to, to, to make a little more sense. But it's not a wave of, of, of new construction at all, but we are dipping our toe into, into development if we can get the returns.
0: Who are your anchor tenants in these new developments?
3: Um, generally, the, the specialty grocers are, are growing like weeds. So the, the, the Whole Foods, the, the the Trader Joe's of the world, the Fresh Markets, um, they they will anchor. Um, Super WalMarts uh, are, are are back doing some some new deals. Even even Target, believe it or not, is doing doing some new deals. Costco is another uh, another expansion oriented, uh, great great retailer that that's got a food uh, food bent to it. But generally. A food component is, is important in in a new development because the food component drives traffic. Your average shopper is in his grocery store two or three times a week versus once a month. So so you want you want a grocer if you can.
0: What about mixed use? Uh, what do
3: you feel about mixed use? Are you guys involved in it? How do you how do you like it? To to a limited extent, especially in the urban areas. Uh, most most towns like mixed-use. They, they like apartments on top of retail. And, and perhaps, they think it's all going to work. And, and, and they love the renderings, they love the, the, the pictures, but it's, it's a tricky business, especially if it's not your core uh, expertise. And In our case, having simple one-story retail buildings is our core expertise. Building an office tower or uh, or a 16-story apartment building above uh, above a Costco is is a little more tricky for us. So um, there are certain areas, including we we have a project uh, across the street from the Pentagon where we are going to put some residential on on, on top of that, and uh, but we're going to do it very deliberately and very carefully.
0: Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, if you will, if you could, in our interview today, with a tip, maybe for for a tenant or for an investor or a landlord in the retail world buy low, sell high, right?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I'd say be careful on the buy buy side today because these these are historic low interest rates and you've seen over the last couple of weeks how volatile interest rates are. So the 10-year has jumped 30, 40 basis points and it's caused mass panic from everything for uh, people selling down REITs to uh, to pulling back on, on, on buying projects. So in, in general I'd say it's a it's a very good time to be careful, but I think the fundamentals of retail are strong. So if you're looking at different property types, whether it's hotels or, or, um, or self-storage or office, I think retail hold, holds its own today because the supply has been so, so muted and it's so difficult to build in, 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 in a lot of markets. So I, I think it's a good investment category for people.
0: And is that one of the factors impacting the cap rate compression today that investors are feeling like they're going to have rate growth uh, in some of these markets because of the lack of new construction and and construction costs going up?
3: No, I think it's it's more high level. Uh, Capital and money is rushing back into real estate in general. Real estate is a hard asset and real estate, generally income properties, provide a very high yield compared to the alternatives. So when treasury bonds and corporate bonds and, and other investments yield virtually nothing, buying real estate even if it's at a four or five or six cap rate is is very attractive. So all those pension funds and life companies and sovereign wealth uh, funds that, that ran out of real estate six years ago yeah. are all rushing back in and that's pushing up demand for good quality real estate.
0: It's amazing. So it comes down to supply and demand, doesn't it?
3: It, 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 it always does. Yeah. And, And you have to remind yourself all the time that commercial real estate is a cyclical business, always has been a cyclical business, and always will be. So there's no paradigm shift of of 3% cap rates forever going on here. So you just got to be a little careful about what you're doing.
0: Dave, thanks for joining us today. You're very welcome, Mike. Well, next up, we get to spend some time with Kevin M. Bowden with RC Analytics to talk more about the investment market. I think you'll be surprised what he has to say. Stay tuned. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888 888- 612 show. Hello, Michael Bull here with the Commercial Real Estate Show, or the 2015 Recon Event, the ICSC Retail Event of the Year. We're here with Kevin M. Bowden with RC Analytics. We're going to talk a little bit about investment properties. You know, M&A has been a big thing in commercial real estate in general. What are you guys seeing out there?
4: Well, had Simon completed their massive takeover during the quarter, we would have seen the best retail quarter of all time in the U.S. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Now, that's not to say that that won't happen in the future. So Blackstone has a deal underway taking over Realty, $2 billion, not the biggest in the world, but it leads me to believe that there's a lot more coming. There's been some M&A in the other real estate sectors, and we're getting the idea this might be happening because retail pricing is looking a little affordable. And it's affordable compared to the other sectors, is that what you're saying? That's correct. If you're looking at the pricing increase year on year, especially over the past couple years, for CBD office, apartments, ton of capital flowing into those sectors. But retail and industrial, huge gap there in the increase. So I think there's a lot of increase left.
0: And are there better cap rates as well in in retail than some of these other sectors?
4: I think the retail caps are starting to see a bit of compression, but it isn't huge. The average retail cap currently, 6.4 nationwide, a lot of that is due to the inner-city properties and the large malls that have sold. Those have sold for really low caps, below 6. Some are going below 5 even. Strips, low 7s. And what's the trend there? Do you think they're,
0: are they trending down? Are they still compressing a little bit, or is that starting to level off some?
4: Major compression still going on in the inner city and the malls that have sold, the high end malls, strips very gentle.
0: So what's your prediction moving forward?
4: Prediction moving forward is there's a lot of action coming. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on, not only A M and A sector, but a lot of assets that are coming to the market. And financing is dirt cheap right now. And until the Fed raises rates and things might change, there's gonna be a lot of action.
0: And there's a lot of capital coming into the market, isn't there, into the US?
4: Absolutely, there's a lot of international investment, one large transaction that everyone certainly knows about, Australian super buying a quarter interest in Ala Moana Centre in Hawaii from GGP, and then the US Pension Fund dou- doubling after that and getting the 12.5% interest to kreF So with that Australian investment, there's a lot more to come, there's a lot of Korean and Chinese investment also entering the country as well as some from Europe. And
0: what's drawing people to retail and investment properties, Kevin? I mean, we're here at ICSC, and I know it's very vibrant compared to some Mm, of the years past that you guys are talking to these investors uh, every day. What's what's bringing them to retail?
4: It's bringing them to retail is, again, there's a certain affordability to it. There are a lot of decent assets that are being built. There are a lot of decent assets that are available, and so that looks to continue.
0: Now investors, when they're looking at these cap rates today and they're looking at retail, the reason, are, is some of the reason they're able to pay these low cap rates is because of the other alternatives are just not there. Are they expecting that rents are going to go up and so it, they're going to have improvements in their NOI growth or you know what do you think is leading to these, these low cap rates? And then what are they doing for exit? Are they considering
4: uh, interest rate increases on their exit cap rate? There are different strategies depending on the investor. If you're looking at the inner city properties, they're relying on the fact that those leases are going to be for more and more money because people are moving back into the inner city. We've seen that as an overall trend. So that's going to be a big growth point. I think as far as exit strategy, it varies fund by fund. Some people are looking for that manner of growth. Some people are looking for redevelopment opportunities, especially inner city. Then there's also malls that are being converted into lifestyle centers. So there's a bunch of different solutions.
0: And you guys are looking at these numbers every day. Do you see any opportunities anywhere for investors? And is it in redevelopment, or or where are the opportunities?
4: I think there's opportunities definitely in redevelopment. Mixed use is getting a lot of looks from a lot of people. Having the retail and residential components together, certainly. And then also some kind of, again, I'm sounding repetitive, but the inner city options with large office space with a lot of retail at the bottom. Those are all options.
0: Kevin, thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you so much, Michael. Take
0: care. Thanks to all my guests and the good folks at ICSC. Please join us next week for Office Tenant Strategies. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show.